Welcome to Friday Vibes. No script, just chat. We talk all things food and beverage and so much more. Feel our vibe and search for Friday Vibes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And make sure to give us a five-star review. Now your hosts, me, Alex Bear with Genius Juice and Wade Yeti. All right, welcome to episode 36 of Friday Vibes. I am your genius-esque kind of genius co-host, Alex Barcio, and co-founder of Genius Juice. And we have here, I don't know what we're talking about here. Talking about someone. Talking about someone. That's Wade Yenny. His shirt, I'm what Willis is talking about. What Willis was talking about. Was talking about. And and I'm your, uh, I don't know if you can see this, it's just... The lighting's all messed up. Defiant. I'm your defiant. I'm your defiant co-host, right? Yeah. Defiant. I would say Gavin Conkle's more defiant than anyone else. Gavin is defiant. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, uh, welcome to our show. We have a a very special guest today. He is a returning guest, uh, but this time the internet and reception will be um, a thousand times better. It's, it felt like we had three guests when this last guy was on because he was in a Target, he was at a Starbucks, and he was in his van. Uh, but now he has a settled digs where he's going to be broadcasting and coming in from, so it's going to be much better. So before we go to uh, and, and introduce our guests, just some laundry list items that I always like to mention. Uh, number one, make sure to give us five stars on Apple Podcast and whatever the hell the star system is on Spotify, give us that, you know, whatever the highest rating is. If you would like to sponsor our show, and by sponsoring, meaning number one, we'll wear your swag. Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing Blackbird Foods today, and but I will wear your swag. And also you can be mentioned on a show and you could give away some items. And in exchange, we'll mention your company and product a couple times in the episode. So that's a nice exposure. And we're also going to have a good round of guests you know, coming up, Wade, uh, coming up for the rest. Basically, we're, we're basically at the re- at the end of the year, but we just don't know it yet. It's right. already here. Right. Uh, but it, it feels like Christmas already, even though we're getting into October. But a couple uh, just this preview stuff on some guests that will be coming on. We have Chris Moe, and uh, he runs an Amazon agency. We have Matt Levine with Chlorophyll Water, and we have Adam Remen with Can Do. I think we're going to bring him on as well. He's amazing entrepreneur or Keto Keto Crisp. All right. So let's get into it. Um, And of course, we'll shout out your comments as well. But our guest right now, I'm going to pick some music, maybe something different here. Let's try this. What is this music? That's a good one. I like the psychedelic mushroom. Yeah. Music. All right. So our guest. Parkour. Oh, you're good. Thanks. <laughs> Parker. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just, I just heard you say Chris. Chris Mo. He texted me today. He's, uh, he's with my office colleague Nick, who runs Neptune Fish Jerky. We do we talk about that? That that we share an office with another CPG company? No. But tell us more. Check it out. This is the office I, where we hail. Jared's over there eating. Actually, some fish jerky. I talked yeah. to Jared today. That's that's right. That's right. I wish I could have came. This this is uh this is the other company we share the space with, Neptune Fish Jerky. 
Oh, they cool. do like sustainable sea, sea snacks and then obviously our products. Um, yeah, I'll, this is the office though, fellas. Right on. Looks, uh, it's a nice dig, plenty of room. The ride. Yeah, it's not too bad. This is usually where, where the Neptune like expo booth stands. And then this is my desk kind of chaos. Yeah, that's an entrepreneur's desk right there for sure. Definitely um, is. And uh, Wade, I know you, you know, being on LinkedIn a lot, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. We all are. Um, I've seen a lot of videos of, you know, the Par Parker swimming out to people, right? Giving them yeah. product. Yeah, Parker uh, has no shame in his game. He's not afraid to swim it, bike it, van it, walk it, any airplane it, anything, right? Not, not much. I, I, I wish I was taking the call too in my in the new house. It's, it's so lovely to have a real home over my head, and and we live in this just gorgeous houseboat in Seattle. With I've got, got a couple of roommates, and we got really lucky on a, on a slide in there. So maybe I'll have to come back and show you, show you that current vehicle that that I've been leveraging. Um, so, but for next so time, how close are you to uh, catching a fish down there at the uh, wharf? <laughs> We're actually not super far. You know, I haven't given it a try, Wade, but maybe I'll hop in this weekend and see what I can do for you. I think I think it'd be a good idea. I think there's yeah. gotta be maybe maybe you could talk one of those fishmongers into throwing you a bag of forage and you could catch it. Right? Now now, now you're talking. <laughs> I had the sure idea that. the other day that there are scuba divers that come by right outside the, the house. It's pretty deep there, and uh, I was thinking of tying a rock to a bag and sinking the rock and then somehow making the bag float like twenty feet underwater. So it sits Stellar. underwater until someone finds it. But nice, nice. Yeah. What, uh, Alex? Did I see um, earlier this week? What? It's been eight years for you in the game. Yeah, I did a post on LinkedIn. Uh, I mean, as as of this, thank you. Got the golf the golf clap, you know. And uh, started Genius Juice in 2014. So um, entering now into our ninth year um I, I tell people the first five years didn't count uh parker gets that joke really well uh, being an entrepreneur i you know wade, wade gets it too because he's in the, he, you know he started his own business at one point and it, it takes a long time to get things settled and build foundation and then start scaling your business and so um thank you for all the support everyone um posting commenting all the love and that picture was taken at pavilions actually and um really and yeah, we were doing a Hatch Chili event because uh, Hatch Chilies are in season in the summer and Pavilions holds an event where they roast chilies in front of, in the, in the parking lot of, of Pavilions. And mm. then we were a vendor there and we were, were in Pavilions. So, uh, but let's, uh, let's reset the room because there's a lot to unpack here. Number one, I hope no one is having any video issues. I blame this completely on StreamYard. This is not a Friday Vibes Thing. Friday vibes. We got our shit together, <laughs> somewhat. Right? Most of the time. Most, most of the time. time. It's it's uh, you know I mean between me and Wade, the amount of sophistication and Al Parker on here. Go, now it's through the roof. Right. The amount of intelligence, emotional intelligence. You know, book smarts, street smarts. Parker definitely street smarts since he's out there in the street giving out forage every day. Uh, if if you have any video issues, make sure to refresh your browser, or just listen to us. I mean, I think, you know, Wade, we're great radio personalities. I have a, I have a face for radio. You have a face for radio. Uh, yes. yes. Parker, though, has a face for video. 
uh, and I have a face for radio too, just like you. I don't think so. I think I think maybe I, I get told that my hair is for video, but I think my face is definitely still for radio. <laughs> it looks good. All right, so let's get through some of the comments here, and then we're just gonna. And also, our sponsor for this week need to mention that because I haven't is Brandjectory. They're fresh off their pitch slam um, from last week that Wade co-hosted um, yep. with Jesse Freitag, I believe. So yes. pronouncing your name right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, but here's some comments here, and again, shout it out. We will read it unless you're shouting out technical difficulties. I'm not going to be reading that. Uh, so let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, we got Derek Brawley, Prana Snacks, Happy Friday. Derek Brawley, Blackbird Food seems to be on fire. Uh, they're actually debuting their wings next week at Expo East. And we'll right. talk more about Who that. Who is? Who is that? Blackbird, Blackbird Foods. Blackbird. Oh, Blackbird. Yeah. They're, they're a fascinating company to me. Maybe we could get into it, but. Yeah. Yeah, they're two years old and it's like they've been around eight years. <laughs> they're growing so fast and then uh we have a, a new guy i don't know this guy tom bloomer happy friday do you guys any of you guys know him tom yeah tom bloomer uh, he's uh with shaka shaka t i think oh he's a yeah, shaka he t guy he is a shaka yeah. t. okay cool so he's with uh bella i know bella bella hughes uh the ceo and and, and founder of shaka t and they sold to a story, interesting story, uh, kind of interesting, maybe not, is that they sold to Kings Hawaiian. And Kings Hawaiian is a company that's based in Torrance. It's literally from where I'm sitting, about 10-minute drive from here. And, and it's uh, right next to Monkish Brewery, if I'm not mistaken, which is right Monkish. over in that area. Yeah. Right? Really are, close. I, I've never been to Monkish. I've heard of it. So I'll trust you that you know more about breweries than I do, Wade. But it's, there are... Uh, a ton of breweries in Torrance. There's yeah, like Smart City and Monkish is Monkish is uh, really uh, beer geeks, uh, especially an IPA person. It's uh, it's very famous. Yes. Hey, you know what? Um, it's coming back to me, but someone on the golf course told me that Monkish used to have a different beer, and then they changed it right to an IPA. Well, I mean they they they're famous for their IPAs. I mean that's kind of their their style. They they make. A plethora. I mean, it's probably different every. They, I, I don't even know if you if they have something that's consistent year round. It's like every week something new comes out. It's like a variation of hops and you know whatnot. So yeah, they're they're definitely big, definitely big. Yeah, yeah. So they're kind of like yeah. This Torrance area has a ton of breweries here. I went on I went on a brewery hopping thing with one of my friends for his bachelor party, and then. SpaceX is also not far from here either. SpaceX is in the city of Hawthorne, which is about which is about 20 minutes. I tried to actually sell Genius Juice in to SpaceX, and they wouldn't even let me pass the gate. That, that wasn't a security thing. That was because it was me. That was the reason. <laughs> uh, other comments here uh, from our sponsors. Susan Bryanton, hi there. Happy Friday. A uh, lot of LinkedIn users today. Um Tom Malingo, which Bay Marina is your houseboat in? Parker, question for you. Yeah, let him know. I'm not sure what, it's not in a marina because it's, it's not a boat, it's a home. It's a FDWR, the floating something, something, something. But <laughs> Never heard that acronym before. <laughs> we're right under the Aurora Bridge and we're we're literally the dock across from the Fremont Public Dock and it's, and it's on the corner next to, um, next to the Lake Washington Row Club. Got it. 
Cool. Um, other comments. So Derek Brawley, still weird, no picture. Yeah, if you guys can, can only hear it, then it is what it is. Um, you know, there's still going to be the prizes. We're still going to have a great chat. So, again, StreamYard, their stock, just like the stock market went down so much today, their stock, in my mind, is going down dramatically based on the way this is going from a quality standpoint. But we're going to keep going and roll and keep rolling. Pomalingo Hatch Chili was transcribed as Hatchet Billy. Any Dan choice? That's a that's a good segue, segue because I am headed to Farm Aid in Raleigh tomorrow. So is that a is that a band? Uh, no, it's a festival. It's the Willie Nelson. Uh, so Willie Nelson will be there. Uh, John Mellencamp, Chris oh, Stapleton, awesome. uh, Dave Matthews. Uh, oh, Dave. One of Alex's favorites, Cheryl Crow. Yeah, Cheryl. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a, yeah, it's it's nice. It's 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 a festival. It's kind of you know to uh, support farmers and whatnot, and uh, it's just a little bit over an hour away. So we're headed down there in the morning. Uh, I think the festival starts. I don't know, 11, 12 o'clock. So we're we're headed there. So it should be fun. Nice. Very nice. Well, uh, and 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 wait, you're really on this kick where you're going to concerts like almost every other weekend or something or at least once a month. Yeah. Wade loves music. Yeah. We're big music people. I mean, it's, you know, it's especially with the weather, the, the fall weather's kicked in right now. It's 71. Uh, I think tomorrow morning it's going to be low fifties, but feels just feels winter winter down there, Wade. Well, it's fall, but it's fall is something I missed in Louisiana and California. I mean, you don't have an autumn or a fall here, this side of the country, this area of the country, um, you know, the leaves start turning. It gets cool mm-hmm. in the morning, still gets warm. It's going to get up to mid seventies tomorrow. Um, so it's, you get that nice brisk coolness in the morning and, and it just warms up throughout the day. It's beautiful. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're looking forward to it. Very cool. All right. So let's, uh, let's get the spotlight back on Parker here, kind of the shroom spotlight as I call mm-hmm. it. Um, so how are things going with you? Uh, for those that don't know, by the way, you have the functional, Granola has mushroom in it. You can do a way better job than I can explaining it. We'll get into that. But why don't you talk about your product, uh, the flavors you have, just to remind everyone, and yeah. then a lot of updates on your side about your company. So tell yeah, us. And I'm, I'm not here to just prom- promo the, the company, Alex. I'm, I'm here to, to, to chat, you know. Um, but it's been a pretty interesting summer for sure. Um, lots going on. We're, we're kind of executing on a little bit of a rebrand little bit of a new positioning there's some new there's some new partnerships in play we're kind of going to market with our new brand with a partnership on the packaging which is interesting it's kind of new um, we're taking a little bit of a different angle from a positioning standpoint messaging standpoint um, so it's been cool uh, we've been just kind of heads down working um, a lot of, of the time and, and for those that I know this is Jared this is my colleague Jared, I, I literally thought it was a carbon copy of you, and you somehow did a special effect and and like cloned yourself. He has the long hair. I know, like you. Jared is Jared, and I are on the same level. This is typically where Jared lives, right here. But he every single morning gets up, deflates the air mattress, and puts it away, even though nothing goes in this space. It's incredible the diligence that, that this guy shows. Very um, cool. So you're doing you're doing the rebrand. Um, 
Are you entering into some stores? Are you still expanding mostly in the Pac Northwest right now, or any other counts? Uh, a lot of Pac Northwest. We're on. We're it looks like we're slotted to, to enter a pretty relevant chain in the Northeast. I don't know if I'm at liberty to share yet. Relevant, uh, relevant chain. I think okay. so. Yeah, I think so. And uh, my Does dad jumped there. W? What? Does it start with a W? It. There's really no way to know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so anyways that's cool it's it's all good man I, I feel like we're just kind of riding the wave you know how it is I, if you get dragged down you know uh it, it can it can become a dark lonely space so i love when you know i meet people and they're like oh my god you're the founder like how cool and i'm just like yeah it's something to do like <laughs> i don't know yeah um but it's been it's been exciting we've been we've been yeah definitely focused on growing velocities out here and like it's having like being home and having Jared and I together and like being able to look at, at some more data at local chains, we've definitely been seeing really cool uh, data around like what happens when we are on promotion or uh, when we're demoing and what's actually lifting after. Um, and we've seen some really cool, uh, some really cool velocity, and, you know, just growth. And uh, I think for the past couple of weeks, we've, I think we've been the best selling skew at, at a pretty relevant chain out here. Um, so that's pretty cool. So I don't know, no, no complaints. You know, we're, there is kind of an interesting dynamic going on in the market right now. And Alex, I'd be curious if you've seen this. Wait, I don't know. Maybe you've been kind of chatting or hearing about this too, but there's definitely been chatter about, uh, about roll-ups. Um, have you chatted with anybody about that, either of you guys? About roll-ups? Brand roll-ups, yeah. Or like, or like basically like you take three or four brands uh, with you know, we're kind of fighting in the same segment, and then you would put them under like a, like a holding co, and 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 then it enables you to raise like a legitimate more uh, like a higher higher investment round, probably from like a private equity firm, and then you're basically operationalizing the back end. I'm not saying that's what we're doing, but it's just been interesting, you know, as we're we're kind of preparing to raise capital in like Q2 2023, and we we kind of have a bridge round open. We've kind of closed it. Um, but definitely hearing chatter just with like the market conditions. Um, and it definitely feels like it's shifting to be a buyer's market and like, you know, rather than smaller brands kind of competing individually coming together. So I don't know. I'm just curious if others have heard, uh, heard about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I can definitely say that what I usually am seeing now is there's companies that such as like uh, human co and human co is a really good example they uh, they ran the brand or, you know, it's the company Hue, right? Hue Bar, the mm -hmm. chocolate brand. And then they sold the Mondelez for several hundred, hundreds of millions of dollars. And then uh, Jordan Brown, uh, the, the uh, CEO, co-founder, started a company that basically invests in brands and rolls up brands into his platform with all of his resources and knowledge. And he puts in a bunch of money. He has a staff. And with anything, and you know this way, there's always a blueprint for success when it comes to CPG. There's a certain way to do it. Um, obviously, you have to adjust depending on the product and the category and the price point. But overall, the blueprint is the same, right? You want to sell it online, sell it in stores, support it, have great margins, and also scale. So Human Co. is one. Another one is Sonoma Brands with John Sebastiani, the crepe jerky guy. They roll up or they invest in brands and then help them scale with their resources. But I wouldn't be surprised if in the next, you know, maybe year or so as the economic challenges continue, 
where brands are going to team up more and look to join forces to increase velocity. Because the biggest thing that I think, Parker, that you're going to go through, Wade, we've talked about this before, is you have an ex- you have an expensive product, Parker, and we have an expensive product too. Mm-hmm. You know, we're five forty nine to five ninety nine. You're, I think, six ninety nine or seven ninety nine. Right, seven ninety nine. People are beginning to cut back on their budget. Um, I'm seeing more people buying private label in stores. I'm seeing three six five sell more in Whole Foods. I'm seeing the Sprouts brands on the belts more. And I think it's just a reality where um, we need to adjust for that in the next year. So um, I'll start with you, Parker. I want to go to, to Wade, but are you looking to adjust your price in any kind of way? Or are you are you pretty much on par with the price of granola right now? I, I don't, I'm not sure we're going to adjust our price. There's also, well, something I haven't mentioned, and maybe we can talk about it. I also, I see Derek's comment that I'd, I'd love to get to. And, you know, I don't want to derail the conversation, but um I don't, I don't think we are for your show is all about derailing conversations. So don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I, I would say I, I don't think we are right now. No. Okay. got it. And then uh, Wade, I know we, we talked about this several months ago and now we're more, not in the thick of it, but we're definitely in a worse economic place than we were, let's say when we started this podcast six months ago or seven months ago, or are you starting to see uh kind of that customer from all the data moving over to less expensive items since you have your finger on the pulse? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, in, in my current role, I don't see it as much just because of who we are and what we do. Um, but it's definitely out there. I mean, it's definitely, you're definitely seeing some impact on, on units and, um, we're, we're not seeing any, uh, any reduction or, the gas coming off the pedal with regards to price changes coming down the line. I mean, the, the next one that's coming and is in the process right now is the, is eggs with the avian flu. I mean, that's going to be significant over the next three months as far as, as far as increases go. I, I think, you know, uh, we're certainly impacted and I, I, I believe unless I don't think the West coast is going to have as much of uh, you know, is see as much of it, but if you're in Midwest or the East coast, that that avian flu piece on the egg market going into baking season in the fourth quarter is is huge. I mean, it's going to, you know, and we see fluctuations in the egg market. I mean, obviously, it's a commodity. You're, you, it, it goes week to week all year long. But this is this is another story. I mean, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it uh, and you'll see you'll see the map and the heat map and, and where the impact is. And, you know, you're looking at possibly 20 to 30 percent increases real quick. Real quick. And, you know, that's that's a far cry from, you know, five to 10 percent packaging increase or, you know, something like that. But eggs, eggs, you know, impact so many things and so many diets, you know, whether it's an ingredient in in a product or, you know, uh, retail, restaurants, wholesale, everything. It's 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 going to be a big one. So um, but but private label. That data is out there. I, I think you know. You talk about three sixty five and and Costco and Sprout and all those all these Trader Joe's. When times are tough, those guys are going to flourish. That's just always, yeah. And but uh, a saving grace for a higher end retailer going into the fourth quarter is most people aren't willing to gamble on their holiday meals, right? I mean, you don't want to have 
great value turkey or you know it, it, you want to have you want to have quality stuff to f- feed your your family and friends you you don't want to cheapen your holiday meal so that's a saving grace as we go in the fourth quarter but i think we will uh we will certainly as we get in the first quarter of next year it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely going to be uh, very interesting and uh i think you know entrepreneurs and the part of what I was getting at too is entrepreneurs need to brace for for it and do something about it um, early, like right now. Cause I think the, the shit is hitting the fan slowly, it seems. And there's a lot of aggravators right now, but once it gets to the point where the jobs are more scarce, right? Once company companies are cutting, 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 cutting jobs are more scarce. um, They are not, people that don't have jobs or they're getting cut from their jobs or getting hours cut, they're not going to be buying as much. So I see this coming mm-hmm. and I've been hearing like in Parker, you've probably seen it too, is that brands are now coming out with lines that are less, less expensive and more scalable and easy to make. And Mark Samuel said that last week, he's like, we're doing a new line that is going to knock on wood, change the face of Iwan. Right. Um, but at the same time, man, you have you have a quality product. You're not going to go everywhere, and you know your market, right? Um, you're going into the right stores, and I think that's a good strategy. We'll see, Alex. Maybe maybe we will go everywhere eventually. I think, I think, oh, I think that's a limiting belief, but uh, yeah, I kind of just planned. We we are going through. Um, I want to I want to jump in on that, Parker. I want to jump in on that. Sure. I I didn't want to come across as a limited belief, but the way that it works with growing a brand, right? Is that, you know, you start, you're starting in natural, right? Because that's where your product's going to sell best and, um, and the price is higher. So that, that customer is going to buy your product. It's a kind of a system of growing your brand slowly, the crawl, walk, run format, where you eventually want to get to conventional. So I'm not saying you're never going to be in conventional, right? I want, I, you, you want to be in conventional to scale your brand. But it takes years to, to cross that chasm and you need to have the brand awareness before you actually hop over to conventional. So that's what I meant. I'm not saying you're never going to go there, but it, I, know, is, I was, I was kidding, Alex. I, I didn't yeah. I didn't take it personally. No, not at all. It's more okay. so like clarifying so that everyone knows that it's good to be in conventional. I'm really doing it for the viewers, but there's a time and a place yeah. to do it. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, um, something interesting that we have been doing, and this is less, this is less retail, but we, we have, so we've been investing in SEO now for nine months and starting to see some pretty interesting things develop there um, and see SEO as more of like a way to cash flow the business and, and support survival. I, I, I think there's a lot of brands that, that are, that are thinking that way. I'm not even going to like sit here and pretend that that's not a reality for many people. So Parker, um, Parker, uh, dumb it down for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So SEO just means, you know, online content, search engine optimization. So online content that's driving organic online search. Right. So, so last month we, we, during the last 30 days, we've driven over 45,000 unique people to our blog who are spending on average three and a half minutes reading content on, on the benefits of mushrooms. Um, and so, you know, and there's some monetization there, but, but when you're able to capture an audience and explain why there's value and and why they should be paying X, Y, or Z, 
outside of the frame of reference of a retail shelf, right? It's there's there's inherent value there. So, you know, when we think about the storm that's coming, I agree. It's everybody needs to figure out how they're going to survive it. But ultimately, it's 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 somewhat exciting. I I, I think, right? You know, I I think anybody who makes it out the other side is is going to be a way stronger company. And that's just like I feel like a cliche of of a market downturn, right? Needless to say, like we we could go under in 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 the, in the downturn. Who knows how long the downturn is going to last? Um, you just don't know, but, um, you know, I, I invite the challenge personally. Yeah. And it seems like you're doing what I love, what you're doing, Parker, is that you're really building content through your website, through your social, um, and also through your blogs where people are learning. And usually like when you give, right, you give, 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 and then you get, right. You give, 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 and then you get, so you're Mm -hmm. giving people content on the, the, you know, education behind mushrooms. Why is it good for you? Why should you have it? And, um, you know, and I've been reading up on mushrooms a lot more because we're embarking on a new project at Genius Juice. And it's just amazing, the benefits. So as you're doing this, how are you converting those people, right? You got the people in through the top funnel, right? They're mm-hmm. coming at your website. They're reading your blogs. How do you get them from that bucket to the bucket of buy this product? Yeah, and, and, and be loyal and, and bought in, right? they're still experimenting i'm still we're there there's like three or four different avenues right we're looking at and testing and trying to determine you know what's happening i'll even be transparent on some so like you know one of them right there's like a quiz that will pop up on on the blog there is like there's special offers for for organic traffic there's like an exit intent you know kind of you know pop up right so so there's definitely a pop-up strategy like on web there's there's a retargeting strategy from an ad perspective um we're looking at uh, a couple other strategies like within blog content right it's like more around messaging um so those are the different ways that we're experimenting i will say like from some early you know early testing like it's interesting where on average anybody who signs up for our newsletter on a blog page has made one purchase so it's like okay how do we get someone to sign up then um, and, and, and continue to down that journey. So I, I wouldn't say we're even close to solving that, but I, I'm, it, it provides hope for me and, um, around like, this is something where, you know, let's say market downturn last 18 months, 24 months, something like organic traffic where our cost of acquisition is zero online can cash flow the business to, to support retail and stay in retail. And, and continue to move in retail, and, and then we come out the next side, and and then and then we're really well positioned from from a, um, from just more of a merchandising standpoint and, and shelf space standpoint. Um, and and I, I also think if I'm Wade, I'd be curious to hear your take. But if I'm a buyer, you know, it's, it's your job is going to be really tricky for the next 18 to 24 months, and it's going to kind of suck, and it's probably going to be kind of sad. Um, I think in a lot of ways where, where like, and especially for someone like you, Wade, I, I feel like out of like out of many buyers I've chatted with, it's like people who are want to give chances to other younger brands and innovation concepts. Like you're definitely leading that charge, and it's awesome. And I think I don't think enough people say it, Wade, but you really are true, truly an angel in, in the space, and we all appreciate and love you. Um, but but for you, the challenge is going to be you bring in these brands, and someone goes under, and it's you know f u c k s up your day. Um, and then you're going to have to figure that out, right? Versus, you know, brands that are able to sustain it and then, you know, build that close relationship with you. Well, and I think, I think to your point, um, thank you for the kind words, by the way, but I think, um, you know, I, and I've said this on here and I'll say it to anyone that, that wants to listen. 
Um, it's it's one of the challenges and or for me personally more so than professionally because professionally I you know I can certainly I can certainly adapt but uh, personally I am I'm a champion for for emerging brands and I want to see the you know the little guy win and all those things but when you move into the environment like the environment that I'm in now and you look at uh, you know a large number of stores uh, spread across over 20 states right. And you're, you know, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not, it's not me. It's not me because I'm, I'm in a different, different position now. Right. I, I, I don't do as much quote unquote buying as I do more administrative and, and higher level things. And that's not, that's not egotistical. That's just the fact. Right. Um, but when you're a CM or a buyer at, at in an organization, like we're talking about with, with, you know, multiple stores, you know, lots of stores in lots of States and you're making business decisions, you have to really look at every single facing on the shelf, right? And so, you know, you look at our process and and we follow a review calendar. It's once a year for the most part that you're going to really detail, dive into data, dive into trends, dive into performance and all those things. And when you make those decisions on what's coming in and, and or what's going out, um, you're doing it ideally for the next year, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I can speak for, for what we do. Uh, we're not going to bring somebody in and cut them after a month, right? We're going to give them a chance to flourish and or fail. Uh, but that being said, uh, a CM knows that, a buyer knows that. And, and so they are absolutely 100% not as willing to take chances on a unproven brand as, you know, I look at our stores, uh, and the size of our stores versus California, right? Or Louisiana, mm-hmm. or Ohio, all the places I've been, our stores are super small. The footprint in, in center store is super small. So when you make a decision to bring a brand in, it has to perform. It absolutely mm-hmm. has to perform because you, you know, you're looking at, you're rated on units year over year, dollars year over year, profit year over year, and all those things. And so there is some gun shy, you know, there is some of that going on because, um, you know, we are still in an environment where we are not, um, we're not sampling, we're not demoing. And so if you bring a new product on the shelf, it's got to sell based off of what the limited, uh, the limited things we can do. And some of that is, some of that is marketing and email and and all those things, but nothing is going to beat putting that in someone's hands and someone's mouth, right? And so yeah. having that handcuffed, um, it it has changed the game for a buyer for a category manager in that um, you know they could they could go to a food show, they could go to Expo next week and and taste something. It could be the best thing in the world, but if you can't somehow some way translate that experience of you putting it in your mouth. On a on a sales floor on a on a food show floor, if you can't translate that back to twenty plus states, hundred, two hundred stores, you might not make that leap. If that makes sense, right? Yeah, and there's a there's also like a degree of risk, right? You know, Parker, like by, when launching in the larger stores, whether it's us, Genius Juice, whether it's Forage or another brand, when you're a younger, and I put ourselves in the category of a younger of a smaller brand, I would say, not young, but definitely small, uh, under 10 million in revenue. And Parker, we're still young, but uh... you're, you're young and, and small and we're small. And yeah. But the, the key thing is like, 
there's a risk from the retailer point of view with any any small brand, doesn't matter who it is, because they're not proven yet, not fully proven. There may be in more 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 natural stores, and they haven't really expanded out. And so I think that's uh, that's definitely um, that's an issue. That's a that's a risk from the retailer point of view, and that's why you know going into it, there's a risk for us too, right? By going into a large store, we need to pay the dollars for free fills, for slotting fees, especially conventional and mass market. And for Costco, I mean, the demo allotment fees are enormous. They're like twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars because you're demoing three or four times per warehouse over the weekends, right? When there's a many, many customers in there. So it's also like hedging your risk from a brand point of view is where do you want to spend your money? And where when you take that shot, being certain that you have the highest probability of success at that retailer. And if you if you are as a brand, right, any brand, if you're going into a retailer to pad your stats, get some POs, get some sales for that quarter or that year to appease some investors, that's not the right approach. You know, the right approach is, will this account work three years from now? Will I stay in that account for a long time where even if I'm not demoing every weekend, even I'm not, I'm not on promotion every other month, will this product continue to sell? And we made that misstep with Publix, right? And I'm, I was very open about that. We went into Publix, 500 locations. They're a great retailer, wonderful retailer. Publix is one of the, one of the you know, best run, re, you know, as far as shelf stocking and all that stuff. They're really good. They have their own distribution. But we went in too early. No one knew our brand. And we are not going to get in there for a very long time, probably another two, three years, unless we have a new product line. Um, so we made, we, we tried to jump the gun for growth, but we, I was not looking at long-term, are we going to stay in Publix for three years or four years? So it's a very, it's a very common misstep that a lot of brands make where they just want to grow, but it's not sustainable. So yeah, fine. Crawl, walk, yeah, we're, crawl, walk, run, we're, right. We're looking at, uh, all of our accounts too, and, and going through, uh, Jared's done a fantastic job of putting together, I'll give you guys a quick view, putting together how much we would spend on a percentage of revenue in promos, right? And like, like what our, what our promotional spend would look like. And, and this includes different, um, different fees that are associated with different retailers or different distributors. And it's like, okay, why are, why are we in that account? <clears throat> For yeah. us, these are great lessons to learn at our size, you know? Yeah. It's, kind it's of, a matter of yeah. several thousand dollars, not a matter of hundreds of thousands of dollars, right, of, of doing that. So it's, it's, been a, it's been an entertaining exercise, um, which is it's just been cool to look at and, and feel more confident in knowing what you're doing versus like, okay, I know, I know, everybody knows there, there are bad growth opportunities and, and there are good growth opportunities, but like how to define that, I, I think is the challenge. So yeah. Jared's selling his consulting services now. Uh, if anybody wants some support from him, this is what he looks like. And, you know, and uh, Parker, you know, one last thing I'll mention and we'll reset the room is a uh, product market fit. That's a, that's a, you know, and when I talk to um, CEOs, founders with successful brands, right, I'm talking like Liquid IV or Koya, mm -hmm. they did a tremendous amount of research ahead of time to 
understand where the market is going. I know we've talked one-on-one, -on -one, Parker, about like mushrooms and the growth of mushrooms and, and plant-based granola and, and, and how you're, you're in a great category that's growing. But um, getting into a category where you know the growth is there as long as your execution is good, as long as your packaging is good, the product tastes great, it fulfills the promise, right? And what the packaging says, like it's going to taste great and you're going to feel great and execution is there. Um, product market fit is really, really important. And the brands that I've spoken to, they, and, and they, we've, we've done this now for some new lines coming out or new products coming out is doing a tremendous amount of research on what the hell do people want? You know, what are they buying? What are they looking for? What benefits do they want? But then there's also an art to it, right? Like you can look at that all day, but you know, Parker, right? You know, as a visionary, you have to also see where the puck is going, right? Where the puck is going. And, you know, brands like Olipop uh, made that bet. Olipop knew that prebiotics were big, right? Probiotics were big, but they took the chance to say, you know what, we're going to make it a soda flavor. We're going to do once one degree of weirdness, one degree off on what is on the market. There's LaCroix and Waterloo. Let's do something a little different, but within a very proven segment. So it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of hard, but, but Parker, uh, before we go to some of the comments, what was your thought process to say, this is going to take off, you know, like, like the ingredients, like, you know, what, what kind of convinced you to get into the granola functional mushroom segment? Yeah. And and to clarify, I'm less interested in, in granola, but more I like would, functional yeah. mushrooms, like as a, I would, a platform. I so I think functional mushrooms are very interesting. I don't think how most products are in the market are very interesting. Like even our branding today, just say it. Um, I think they're interesting because they solve and and address a lot of health issues that are prevalent in different populations. I don't think it's for everybody. I don't think everybody needs solutions to a lot of these health issues. Um, but I, I guess that's, that's my newer framing. Um, and so when I think about like, why are they relevant or, or why will they continue to be relevant? I, I think because they offer good, like natural solutions to, to specific issues. Um, so, you know, and, and we'll, as we go through the rebrand, it's, it's very targeted on, on a specific demographic. It's very targeted around specific, you know, value propositions that, I think are very relevant um, and granola is, will still exist. Like there, there will be product development, but the populations we're focusing on posts, you know, 80 to 90% of this population is still eating breakfast. Yeah. Uh, it's a ritual, right? It's a ritual. It is a ritual. I think, you know, most products should, you know, should be there. Um, so I don't know that that's kind of what I think. I also, you know, when we go around, when we move to our new branding, our new messaging, it's, it moves away from, and it, it moves away from like adaptogenic mushrooms to a degree. Um, so, you know, I mentioned in the comments, but we're going to market with, with a pretty big mushroom supplier um, in support of product development. And you'll see, you know, uh, things, things that will be more approachable to a mass consumer. Right. Right. I, I and, and maybe what you're fishing, I, I don't think you're fishing actually, but maybe what you're somewhat alluding to is, and, and I, and I agree, I think the mass amount of brands focused on like adaptogens or functional mushrooms will, will not scale. And, and I think will die before their time. So, so I, I, I have a question because I've been thinking about this, you know, you and I Parker 
Um, I, I don't know. It's been well over a year, probably a year and a half, whatever, since I, I met you and, and we did we we did business in California. So I felt at that time, you know, that that you and and mushrooms as a whole were kind of on the cutting edge. Right. That it was kind of kind of be this thing. And I have I certainly have not seen that translate to this coast as as I, as prevalent mm-hmm. as it was on the West Coast. Right. It's mm-hmm. not here yet. So I guess I'm curious as to what your thoughts are, like where you are now versus a year ago um, and regionally. Are you yeah. seeing are you seeing the West Coast is more, uh, you know, more receptive to your product and mushrooms and that whole concept? Or is it an individual? Right. Is it someone like you're talking about your demographic? Is it is it specific to a something like that as opposed to a region? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, quick, just differentiation there. Right. It's like receptive to, to mushrooms and, and the product, I, I think, are two separate questions. So I think mushrooms as general, like West Coast. Right. I think I think how we're repositioning the product, it's, it's more towards an individual. Um, and and while my fundamental belief and, and value system is that everybody should just be shoving mushrooms down their throat every day. Um, our branding's moving more away from that. Yeah, I, th- I think is a way to put it. But it's you're you're still living it out because it's it's almost like I'm I have a hidden agenda. And yeah. so, you know, so right? the driving piece of your of your moving the branding in that direction is that the reason behind that is, is that to appeal to a wider audience or is it, it's, is it, it's, it's to make it more approachable for, to, okay. to, to a mass consumer. Correct. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's kind of like uh, just to you know, jump in, like, you know, it's, it's how to allow a consumer to understand what the benefits are and not getting too woo woo about it or too kind of hippy dippy about it. And, and there's a lot of products out there. I mean, four Sigmatic is a really good example where, they went away from mushrooms, as you were saying, right? And it was more about what is the function? What is it going to do for you? It's going to provide better focus. It's going to provide energy. And, you know, you look at mud water, right? Um, And I think this is where I'm going. I'll I'll tell you in a second where I'm going with this. You know, mud water, they are all about, screw your coffee, man. You don't need coffee anymore. Just take mud water. So they're like promoting more of a lifestyle uh, versus just an ingredient focus company. And I feel like that's really where you're going, right? With your branding. A bit. Okay. Yeah, that, and that's, that's my. Yes. And my, I think. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and when I think long term, like way more focused on an individual and individual demographic and like the SEO, I, I think will be a large part of that strategy, even at retail. Cool. Driving awareness. Um, but um, what was I going to say? So we're going to reset the room for a sec here. I just want to get to the comments. Yeah. And then we'll- We'll get right back into it because we're running kind of running low on time. But this is episode 36 of Friday Vibes. Uh, we were in a very, really great discussion about retail, product market fit, mushrooms, the economy, the challenges, the opportunities. But let's just go through some comments here. We ran pretty far behind. And there's also some questions, um, some for you, Parker, some for you, Wade. Uh, should I even display this? I can, right? I mean, it's Gavin. It's also, Gavin. Yeah. I, I, owe him, I owe him one comment display per episode, at least. But he's saying, this is Gavin Conkle with Blackbird Foods. I just interviewed uh, your CEO. Thanks for making that connection. Uh, Gavin made that happen with Emmanuel Storch. 
for 15 Minutes of Genius. At Blackbird Foods, we were seeing really positive data trends and have shifted our storytelling to more fact-based selling. What do you like seeing from the brand and our retailer side to close a deal? Let's let's put a pin in that. I'm gonna come back to that. Uh, Kate Fawson, love helping founders connect to each other. I set Parker up with some intros so you can speak to the helpfulness of that. We'll put a pin in that. Patrick Sinclair, tons of consumer data shows that shoppers are also putting less in their carts and going to the store more often. Few meals, days at a time versus the huge grocery hauls we used to see. That is definitely yep. true. Um, I'm seeing more baskets and I'm seeing less carts. That's what I'm seeing, at least over here. Tom Malengo, volumes are down and consumers, Sung Coomers, is that a new one? Consumers increases discounter visits. Almost, almost done here. Few more. Bilal Sadiq, you don't want great value turkey for Thanksgiving. That was a comment from about what Wade said. Michael Bonacato, paid search is one of those things. If you're not doing, start immediately. That's to kind of second what Parker is saying. Michael Bendos with Quantum Energy Squares. Hello, Parker from an outside. Quantum, shout out. Your journey has been amazing to watch from traveling to the in the van to growing the Forge brand, watching you live in the natural industry. Dream has been great to watch. Much respect, my friend. That was and, nice. Thank uh, you. I think Gavin's giving you shit, Wade. He said, don't give Wade that much credit, please. Always Gavin. <laughs> Another one from Gavin. Retailers will have to rethink their marketing strategies more so than buyers. Good buyers and retailers will project out and prepare. Marketing will have to invest in, in customers to get them to turn right instead of left. Almost done. A couple more. I need like a ventilator to get through all these. <laughs> you know, Alex and Parker, how do you pick where you focus your marketing support across brick and mortar versus online new customer acquisition? Uh I guess we can we can go to that question, Parker. You're kind of rubbing your chin, like you're you're thinking, you're thinking. I feel like it's a classic question. Um, it's a fair question. I guess the way I I've been I've been trying to take more of of a of a value based approach versus the dollar based approach, and and part of that's been from some of the um, I guess interesting results we've seen from SEO. Um, but I think it, it probably depends, and, I'm, and I bet Alex and I would answer the question a little bit differently, but like, what are our objectives? Like, it, is Alec at a phase now where he's like, look, I really need to drive awareness because we are in enough distribution points that like, I need people to know what our product is um, in stores or, or, or are you looking for direct sales, right? And I think that probably is, is impacting how you're making that decision. And then, you know, whether you're spending on promotions or, demos in store versus, uh, I guess, I don't know, more awareness tactics in store, maybe more merchandising um, versus online of like paid acquisition or, or you're just doing paid awareness. So I don't know. I, I don't have like a great response to that. And so it's the classic, I guess it kind of depends, but Alex curious if you'd answer it any, any differently. Yeah. I, I'm going to have a similar response where I, I'm not going to have a great answer because it's every, every retailer is different. You know, like at some retailers, we don't have to do really anything because the product sells on its own uh, because the awareness is in that area, that metro city or wherever it is. But if we launch, you know, if we if we, uh, you know, launch into a new retailer in Texas versus in California, it's going to require more education and we have to do more demoing or merchandising. But 
I, I would say uh, overall, um, it's good to put the pedal to the metal for the first year, right? When you're in a retailer. And if you, I think, Wade, you know, I want your opinion what, after I say this, you put your pedal to the metal for a year, six months to a year, put the marketing dollars behind it, put the support, put the merchandising, do some ongoing stuff like quarterly. Can, can I ask you about that, Alex? Sure. If, if you were to enter a new retailer, what percent of, of revenue would, would you apply towards promo slash marketing slash sales support? At least about 20%. You know, usually when we enter into a new retailer, I'd look at it as trade spend, right? Under marketing, trade spend is all that in the bucket. Typically, we're, when we go to a new retailer, like launching in new Whole Foods regions or wherever it is, we are putting in at least about 20 to 25% of our revenue on marketing. And it's a great question because in the second year, we dial it back because I'm a believer that in your second year, if the product is not taking off and people are not buying and it's not turning, it is not meant for that retailer, right? And if you're under pressure to be advertising a lot, and we've talked about this way, like a lot every other month, you're basically buying your growth instead of organically growing. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's not a good thing to do. So question on that. So you're like max doing like 20% promos. I think like if it's really extreme, like we just ran a national promotion at Whole Foods, right? And those are not cheap, you know, because you're supporting hundreds of stores. Uh, it was like 30% of revenue, but it was a one-time big promotion. Yeah. Um, but typically when you're a growing brand and you're surging and getting into new stores, when I look at our P&L, we're usually in past months and past years on big growth months, we were spending about 20 to 25% on trade spend. And I want comments from founders that have been running companies longer than me, that typically when you're a more mature brand, you know, you go from you're very early and you're kind of scaling. And then once you kind of mature and you're in your accounts and you're growing and it's expected revenue, I usually, I usually dial it down to about 10 to 15%, you know? That sounds low to me from, from stuff I've read, but that's makes me hopeful, Alex. Yeah, I mean, it's it's low because you don't need to put a product on sale for $2, you know, like, yeah. like it could be on sale for 50 cents or a dollar. Right. There's, where, there's essentially like diminishing returns on, on higher promos, right? And you're trying to exactly. find a line. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we, we looked at side by side where when we were at a dollar off <laughs> versus 50 cents off, it was like immaterial. We're like, why would it be why right. would it way more when we don't have to, right? Yeah. Jared and I have been talking about that. Wait, wait, what's your take on that? I'm, I'm, if a new brand enters your store, what, what percent of, of revenue would you expect them to, to support? We don't, we don't look at it that way. I, I mean, just, just to be frank, at least I don't, and I never have. I, I think, uh, you know, typically you're looking for a quarterly promotion and, you know, and you're not looking at a percent of revenue because like, like you, uh, and I've said this so many times over the course of over the course of the show and, and just my career, uh, I, I don't want to cheapen your product. You know, ideally I needed to sell at full retail every day. And, you know, it's one thing if I'm running a promo to drive business and traffic in the store, but if I'm, if I have to discount it time and time again to move your product, that's a problem, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's what I say. So if I, if I bring you in Parker and I put you at the shelf at seven ninety nine. Uh, I want to establish that 799. I want people to realize 
they want to buy the product at $7.99. I might encourage trial at $6.99 or $5.99, whatever your price point is. But I ideally need them to recognize they they want to come back and they 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 want to spend or are willing to spend that that $7.99, whatever that number is. And if you are constantly having to do BOGOs or you know, right. whatever it is, if you're constantly having to do that. To Alex's point, you're, it, whether it's it's you know you you cut your losses or you're not in the right doors or what have you, um, right. you know it's the same thing for me. Now, what I'll tell you is in the conventional side, uh, there's a little bit more uh, openness to to taking a little bit of a hit on margin for promos, whether it's a weekly ad, whether it's a month long or something like that. But if you get into but if you get into this channel, especially a channel natural organic the willingness to give on promos isn't quite as there as it is on that other side. So meaning if you're trying to hit 35, 40% margins, the expectation is you're going to get that on promo. So for you as a, as a brand, as a founder, as a broker, what have you, um, you know, you have to factor that into your, to your promotional plan and, and profitability is, is okay. If I have to do quarterly promotions at a, you know, at a discount to maintain that, you know, be margin neutral, 35, 40%. Can I afford that? You know, that means mm-hmm. you have to generate enough volume off promo to mm-hmm. warrant that spend yeah. on promo. Right. And, and on promo right. doesn't just, just doesn't, it's just not about that discount. You're typically, there's a, there's a money, whether it's marketing fee or, you know, advertising dollars or something, it's not just about a, a discount. There's something else tied into it, especially with you get, when you get to larger retailers and I see Alex shaking yeah. his head. So I'll, I'll tag yeah. him in. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, uh, someone said it here. I think it was, uh, I think Gavin, Gavin said it or someone said it and I'll, I'll find it. If Gavin said it, it's a lie. It's a lie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't trust that guy. Yeah. So, I don't either. He's shady. Yeah. I'm giving him a lot of love on this episode. So he's, uh, he's in the spotlight pretty dependent on. So Gavin says pretty dependent on category retailers want support but also want to see organic growth. And really my main point is go on promotion, put the money in for it. And then there has to be natural lift after that and sustained lift. And like, that means two things. Number one, your promotion worked, right? It worked and people are responding to it. And number two, people want what you're offering and they're not going to forget it. And they're going to be repeat customers. And I think the LTV, the lifetime value you know, justifies, you know, the ends justify the means, right? If you spend all this money, you have to have long-term value for your customers. And the way that I've seen the best brands grow is, you know, especially if you're young, right? Like I saw this with Olipop when they first launched an Erewhon and all this, not everyone that was buying Olipop, but there were five to 10 really loyal customers that went into every location every single week. And they bought five of them or 10 of them every day of the week. And so you can actually build your velocity and your and your revenue by having very devout, loyal customers in each and every store. And that's what you want with a promotion. If you can get that one person, Parker, that will love your product, you know, because you talk with people, right? You have conversations. That one person will go in every week and buy it. That's how you're going to build your velocity store by store. Um, and pro- promotions are a way to get there. So this is a side note, but I meant to bring it up earlier and maybe more targeted towards Alex because he's trying to, you know, we're focused on building a brand, but have, have you read a hundred million dollar offer by Alex Ramosi? 
No, I haven't. I think it'd be worth the read. Who's Alex? Uh, what's what's his uh, what does he do or what did he do? He's kind of this like any anybody who's on here as a direct to consumer agency is probably frothing at the mouth because I, I I now that I've read it I a lot of agencies that have pitched me I'm like this is just Alex from Hermosis uh, and you're just repackaging it and trying to resell it but um, he basically he basically you know kind of like serial entrepreneur he has a fund now where they invest in a lot of companies but he just has like like a, a marketing framework for how, how he thinks about. Um, just take, taking any concept and then pricing it really a way above competition and being successful on market um, and, and how to do that more from a messaging, branding, marketing standpoint. Um, and so he's, you know, done it with, with tons of brands and he kind of has his like framework, but I, I just really liked more of like the mental framing of, of how he thinks about um, how he thinks about building like a brand from marketing and messaging and a pricing standpoint. Cool. Check it out. So it's uh, a hundred million. What is it? A million dollar. Hundred million dollar offer. Got it. Okay. Look it up on Amazon. Good stuff. Um, we're running out of time, so I'm going to get to the stuff we love, and then we'll get into our prize. And again, resetting the room. This is episode 36. Parker Olson is our special guest from Forage Granola. And your website, by the way. What's your website? It's forage f o r i j dot c o. Okay. Forage.co, F-O-R-I-J, not a G, a J, dot co, to buy some of uh, Parker's stuff. It's amazing. He sent me a few bags. I think you swam it over through the Pacific <laughs> over to me. <laughs> Can you imagine if like someone appeared out of the ocean and you gave product to people on the beach? That'd be awesome. This is just a side note because I think, I think it's worth referencing. When I was at a grocery store down in Florida, I met a guy who I gave a bag to on a plane like six months before oh, at wow. the grocery store. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So stuff we love. Um, Wade, do you want to kick it off? Uh, you go, because I've got to get mine ready. Hold on. i got to go off camera here for a sec. Yeah. All right. Oh, and he, he turned off. You know, it's it's always a bad sign, uh, Parker, when uh, you're in a, a Zoom meeting and then someone turns off your camera halfway into it. Yeah. Uh, I'm just making a bad joke. Wade turned off his camera. So... Um, I got I got these from my buddy Ari Raz, the CEO of Coconut Uh He sent me actually a new flavor drop, Wade. But we, we, this is the chocolate and the original. Uh, where's 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 the new flavor drop at, Alex? It's in my fridge. Oh oh oh! Would that be something like this? That one. There we go. Would it be something like <laughs> oh, this. Shit. I intuitively yes. knew not to bring it because I knew you'd bring it. There it is. There it is. And and. Patrick was on earlier. Uh, I've got to do this because he wasn't around. I haven't had the coffee yet because he's late in sending it. That's okay. But Defiant Coffee, which Parker, by the way, uh, has mushrooms in it, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to get the, a good picture of this. Can we see that? It says, uh, never never give up, never give in. I like but that. Really, it's a really cool hat. It's a fitted hat, which is really cool because it's got to be special to fit this melon. Um, but yeah, uh, Ari sent me this, um, and it's fabulous. It's amazing. So yeah. Alex, Alex, how do you, how do you, uh, partake in that product? Is it a spoonful? Is it two spoonfuls? Is it half a jar? What's going on? That jar was gone within a day and I got enough probiotics to last me pretty much for the entire year. <laughs> um, it, it, uh, it, it, I'll say this much, it works. 
it works. Yes, it does. Yes, it and, does. Uh, but the, the, the texture, I mean, it's organic. What is it? Organic coconut cream, organic coconut nectar, and pineapple. That's it. And good stuff. It, so what, what were your thoughts? How do you partake usually in coconut? Uh, well, same thing. I, I try to be somewhat, somewhat more. Restrained? Uh, yeah, just maybe <laughs> two or three. Two or three spoonfuls, um, usually in the morning. But then I've—it's I, sometimes if I'm if I want something sweet at night, I'll dip into it a little bit. Yeah. So, nice nightcap. Uh, you yeah. might put up in the middle of the night, though. You know. Yeah, and the. Other I gotta thing, do. Go ahead, Wade. I was gonna say the other thing I have. I'm not gonna bring in the cameras, but uh, we recently bought a soda stream. So oh, uh, nice. we're we're into that big time. We're into that big oh, time. Yeah. Wait, oh. Yes. All right. Good, uh, stuff. Our, Good stuff. Our, how about you? What I'm loving this week? Yeah, like a product that you try, that you love, and uh, if you have it, there it is. South, South 40 Stacks. Does anybody know who founded this? I don't. No idea. Alex? Ooh, this, this, this is some CPG lore for you then. South 40 Sunflower Stacks was founded by the same founder of Sahale Stacks, who happens to live in the original Oboyo Birdo family mansion just down, just down the road. Nice. Okay, and that's a largest, largest sunflower seeds, I, I guess, uh, in the states. I don't know, but that's it. Got it. So Holly Snacks is like the nuts, right? That yeah, you yeah, you, yeah. You see them in airports. Yep. Good, good stuff. All right. Uh, so that's the stuff we love. I know we're just very short on time, so we're going to speed through this. Let's get to our prize for the week. This is Friday freebies. Friday freebies. StreamYard's a lot of fun, pushing a, a bunch of buttons. Uh, it makes you feel like a real DJ. Um, okay, so our sponsor this week, as mentioned before, they are a reoccurring sponsor, is Brand Jectory. Tom Malingo, Susan Bryanton, and Michael Movitz, they're just fresh off their pitch slam last week where they gave away $100,000 in prizes, money, and also services. So good stuff. Wade, uh, do the honors. All right, so there's going to be two winners. They're going to be invited to the October 11th Founder Investor Meetup, which will be featuring Andrew Bluestein with uh, Bluestein Adventures or Ventures. Not, not Bluestein, Bluestein, right? Bluestein. Bluestein Ventures. Uh, he'll be the speaker, and then they'll break into smaller groups, uh, smaller rooms for gatherings. So, um, but Brand Jectory, you know, they're they're friends, supporters of the show. Uh, they're designed to help CPG brand founders from seed to Series A build investor-ready business and meet, connect, interact, learn from, and build relationship with CPG investors and industry experts. Brandjectory now has more than 100 premium brands, 240 brands in total, more than 85 engaged and active investors. Think about that, 85 active investors. And all you need is one. All you right? need is one. Exactly. More than 75 supporting industry experts and over 500 investors in their network uh, now, now created several investments and features. Uh, the widely acclaimed knowledge base of over 200 original articles designed not just to help brands build sound businesses, but understand what investors want and need to know about the business. A brand profile with one on one consulting and review to best present your brand to investors and be discovered by investors. Their monthly founder investor meetup, where you can learn directly from investors and then connect in smaller group settings. The monthly orbit, uh, which is a one-on-one -on -one coaching from investors and industry experts on your specific question or need. 
The Space Chatter, the monthly founder-only forum to share knowledge, experience, contests, etc. cetera. Uh, and they often have special guests to answer your questions. The They just recently, as we've talked about, had their pitch slam, the Brand Directory pitch slam, just earlier this month. Um, and they had an amazing co-host. Uh, I'm going to say Jesse Freitag, but I, I was also a co-host. Uh, <laughs> and they did award over $100 thousand dollars in cash and prizes from 30 industry sponsors some of it was cash nice. some of it was service prizes um but yeah if you're looking if you're building and looking for investors looking for advice looking to grow get questions answered uh brand directory is is a perfect vehicle to do that all those things i just mentioned it's 379 bucks a year i mean that's that's 32 dollars a month somewhere around there 32 35 uh you pay more than more for that with uh, some of your subscription services. So money well spent uh, if you're emerging brand. So we're giving away two winners to, uh, to do the meetup on October 11th with Andrew Bluestein, Bluestein Ventures. Who's got questions? Parker's got answers. Go Parker. All right. So well, I was going to say, I'm putting somebody on the spot. I, yeah. Somebody's on the, I, I say you two have the questions. I have one, I think Parker. Uh, so you know how this works. Uh, we just come up with a question, something that was mentioned during this episode, a little nugget, a factoid, um, a book title, you know, anything like that. So uh, why don't you go first? And I have a couple things written down here for the question as well. But um, what is the, what have you? Do you have a question in mind? Um, let's see. You want me? Do you want me to go while you're thinking? I can, I'll give you a little more time here. Um, I'm probably going to steal your question. Okay. But um, what is the title of the book that Parker recommended? And we said it like three times. So I think, and it was at the end of the episode. So that's going to be pretty easy. What is the title of the book that Parker recommended? That I just bought on Amazon while we were talking. You did? No, I didn't. That was just a joke. <laughs> you liar, Alex! You were gonna, you were gonna slide that lie right in. Oh yeah, white lie. That's all right. I'm, I, I really don't. Yeah, I don't expect you to read it, I, dude. It's you get so many oh, book recommendations throughout any given week. You know, it's like okay. I, I, I don't read as much, which shows in my my vernacular and the way that I present myself. But I do like to listen to audiobooks because I drive a lot. I think the audiobook's free. Even better. All right. Does anyone have that answer? Oh, there it is. I think Patrick Auden got it. The hundred million offer. Are we going to accept that? Isn't it supposed to be what is the hundred million offer? <laughs> yeah. So Patrick Auden wins one of the seats at the October 11th founder investor meetup, which are, it's very coveted. You have to be a, a premier member, right? Wait, I think to get in there. So I, I believe that's correct. I believe that's correct. Tom, Susan, correct. Um, if, if I'm wrong, let us know. And Kate Fossen, she's telling the truth. She, you know, unlike me, she bought it. So there you go. Love it, Kate. That, that, that author, that offer, that, that author should have you on commission for that recommendation. Right? Right? You should she have doesn't some care way. about me at all. Um, or right, second, second question uh what do you got well just just um kate commented about this earlier but super quick shout out on on kate she's been connecting founders in the space in a really cohesive manner alex i don't know if you've chatted with her but um it's been cool to chat with other founders through kate and brand pollinator so thanks for doing that kate um okay my question 
is going to be, let's see, what it's, it's it's towards the end of the show as well. So I, I feel like it's it's a slight cop out because you kind of want one that that's at the very beginning. Um, I'm trying to think what we were specifically talking about, um, but because I can't think of anything else, what is what was what is Coconut Cult's new flavor offering? Ooh. Oh, were they paying attention? Were they paying attention? I don't, I don't know if it was said, but I, I saw I, it in my I eyes. zoomed in, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I actually said, wait, I think this is a first where none of us said it. We didn't. We just showed we it. We didn't. Which could be. Right, maybe it was a good one. Yeah, it might. It might be. Could be a challenge, especially if the video is not working for some people from the technical difficulties. I guess we'll see. All part of the game. All part of the game. That's right. <laughs> All right. So question again, what what flavor was Wade holding from the coconut colt for the second seat in the coveted right. the coveted founder investor meetup? Exactly. We should have some music for that. We should. We should. Jeopardy. So we already talked about what I'm doing this weekend. Uh, what, Michael Bendos. Uh, you got it. Michael Bendos. Michael Bendos. If you want, nice it's actually really funny. On the label, do you have the jar still near you? Um, I can get it. Hold on. Yeah, it has well, a nice I, I can get it. Renee, Renee will get it. Renee, hello. Hi, Parker. Oh, it's so good to hear your voice. It's great to hear your voice. All right, nice. so it says, if you like pina colada on the front. Yeah, this is great. And then you can just see that pineapple deliciousness on the bottom, right? Right there. That's where yeah. all the goodness is. And you got to stir it up. Yeah, it's good it's, stuff. It's legit. I mean, it was when we when we got the gift package from Ari, um, CEO of Coconut Colt, we opened it. Me and my wife were standing in the kitchen. We opened it. We'll never forget your first time trying pina colada. The thickness of it, I love. Like the thickness and the taste, it blew our minds. It was so, I think it's my favorite flavor from them. And you know, wait, you know, if this if this was a permanent item from them, I think that'd be a not a bad choice to do that. No, no, I don't think so at all. I don't think so at all. So I just tagged Ari so he can make sure he comes back and sees this uh, later on. But Ari, talk about great people. Ari, you know, I miss a lot about San Diego. Ari Roz is one of them. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Right. Some other comments before we end it, because I'd be remiss if I haven't, if I didn't go through some of the uh, comments we're behind on, and then we will end the show because we are over time and uh, Wade is hungry. I'm hungry. It's time and a half if we're over time, right? Time and a half. Ask him, asking for a friend. Yeah. yeah. Zero times 1.5. What is that, yeah. Wade? Still <laughs> yeah. Zero. That's, that's not even new math. That's old math. That's a very old math. It's, it's my math. It's my, my life story. All right, so uh, Michael Bendos, nightcap with coconut cold. That's living on the edge, li living life on the edge. Uh, oh, there's Ari. Ari just chimed in. Cool. Let me display that. Susan Bryanton, Tom Malingo. Yep, the coconut cold is great. Something like 16 probiotic strains. Ari, Wade Yenny. Hey, Wade. So there he is. Going back up. Uh, let me just, I'm trying to get through current. This is Patrick Sinclair, The Road to 100, right? Favorite 
Current favorite snack is Vermont cheese, Cabo, seriously sharp popcorn, insane. Added it to road to 100 today. Uh, what else here? Patrick Auden shipping a cold brew in the morning. Right so he's going to give you more. Um, you've tried the Define, right? You already drank it. No, I haven't. He's he's sending it. He's sending it. Renee is anxiously waiting. If I could send a picture of her right now, she's she's like this, waiting for this Defiant coffee. She's like anxiously waiting to critique it. She might even make appearance and talk about it. We'll see. Yeah, she can be she can be a special guest. Any she's yes. always she's like a permanent special guest. That's right. She's special. Uh, very special. Sean Berg, Patrick Gordon, that's really aggressive. I could do a lot with 20%. That's going back to the percentage. And okay, let me skip to the end. Who else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Am I missing any comments or anything? Uh, there's one. Patrick Sinclair, Ari Raz, hinted pina colada to me on our call the other day. I'd expect it to be a home run. Need to grab a jar. There you go. And then you need, No, not a jar. You need to grab a case. A case, yeah. Patrick. Go big or go home. And Ari Raz, I'm going to end the show on his last comment. I miss you too, buddy. Hello, Parker. There you go. All right. So uh, this has been episode 36. We covered a lot of things. It was a great episode. Parker, thank you, my man, for coming on a second time. And uh, glad you found the digs. So uh, yeah, now you've done a lot of traveling in the past in the van, and now you're more settled. You're in the office. And you're on the business instead of in the business, right? That's, we're that we're going to do the, uh, Alex, we're going to have to do the Saturday Night Live thing where if you're on the show so many times, you get one of those coats. Like you see that episode where I think it's like Tom Hanks and I don't yeah. know who all they do that. We got to do that. We got to do that. We'll have to figure it out. I want to come back on from the houseboat. Yeah, from nice. the houseboat. There you go. Nice. And uh, Parker, I think you're halfway there to the five, right? Almost halfway. So there you That's go. Right. Exactly right. All right, everyone. Well, um, have a wonderful weekend. We didn't really have the time to talk about what we're doing this weekend, but have a wonderful weekend, everyone. And we'll see you back here next Friday on Friday Vibes, episode 37. And Parker signed off. And he's gone. He's gone. Everyone take good care and have a wonderful weekend. And Wade, take care, buddy. See you, buddy.